0: And welcome to episode number eight of the Lines podcast. My name is Matt Brown, the podcast where we bring you some of the brightest minds in all of the gambling industry this week, joined by Dustin Galker. As always, Dustin, thank you for being here.
1: I am overjoyed to be here yet again.
0: And we have Eric Ramsey with us this weekend. He has made time. He is gallivanting around this country of ours, going to some of the most luxurious places that the United States has to offer. And he has made time for us to join us on this podcast. Eric, thank you for being here.
2: Hey, thanks for having me, Matt. I have been driving through New Jersey all day, so apologies if I'm a little grumpier than you're used to me being. If I snap you or start cursing out of nowhere, apologies.
0: <laughs> these, are all, these are all things that this podcast has become accustomed to, so I'm not too worried about that at all. Guys, we are on iTunes, so be sure and go to your iTunes, type in the lines. You will see a pretty little logo, and when you do that, we're going to want you to subscribe. That way it just shows up in your feed each and every time we post one of these podcasts. And be sure and rate and review. We like the five stars. We like you telling us how amazing we are. And if you have any complaints about everything, be sure and send those to Dustin. He'll be he will be, uh, he'll be happy to accommodate. I will,
1: throw the, I will throw them away immediately.
0: Yes, he will be happy to accommodate here. Uh, as we always do here, we'll start off with some quick hits. We'll move into... Some pretty funny, pretty funny commentary from a, a very prominent name in sports radio. We'll talk about what's going on in Delaware and New Jersey. As we mentioned, Eric was there in Delaware, is going to be there in New Jersey for everything going down, so we'll talk to him about that. Uh, we'll do our run our, our typical little state watch here, and then we'll end up on some things. that pretty interesting topic that Dustin kind of brought up about injury reporting and how that may actually affect things uh, moving forward with sports betting and whatnot. But some of the quick hits here, like taking a look, uh, the insider trader insider trading charges against David Bezoff were dismissed. If you guys don't know who that is, he's the former Amaya CEO. Uh, basically, him and his co-defendants got thrown out here in 2016. Charges were brought against him for aiding with trades while in possession of privileged information, influencing or attempting to influence the market price of the securities of Amaya Inc. and communicating privileged information now how this all went down the prosecution in the case accidentally shared more than 300,000 documents that were supposed to remain confidential and through Oops. that yeah through that his attorney went ahead and said that yeah there's no way he's going to be able to get a fair trial in all this now I'm no legal expert I did not go to law school guys but it seems if you accidentally give away 300,000 documents that were not supposed to be uh, given to the other side that that's that's pretty bad it seems like that's bad
1: yeah, you see, uh, you hear like random, weird legal things all the time. But actually it came to us here in the gaming industry where all these all this stuff came out that that shouldn't have come out. And the, they said, oh, just uh, pretend you unsalt. You can't see that. You just don't just forget about it. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Judge threw that out. Um, what, so we'll not get to a final verdict on whether he was actually guilty of insider trading or not. But uh, now he's free and clear. There's uh, they stayed the case and he, uh, no more no more uh, no more court case there in uh, Canada. Look, imagine- in fairness
2: who hasn't sent the occasional 300,000 emails or text messages that you wish you could take back, you <laughs> yes. know, I mean, it happen, happens to the best of us. Yeah. I think it's, it's unfair to give him such a hard time. No, this is a big thing. And, uh, the judge actually said he reserves uh, a stay for the most dramatic cases he said, and, and he couldn't find another solution to, to right the wrongs here.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, listen, as indicated in our, uh, in our company, Slack chat, uh, the new Gmail actually has a 30-second unsend window. So if you de- if you need to get the new Gmail, you can actually set it to up to 30 seconds that you can unsend an email before it is actually officially sent. So uh, maybe this is something all attorneys out there should do, uh, get that going for them. Uh, American Gaming Association's Jeff Freeman is going to be stepping down. He was on the job for uh, five years. One of his biggest accomplishments was kind of, Extending an olive branch to tribal gaming here, Dustin, what do you think the legacy of Jeff Freeman will be?
1: Uh, I mean, his big push was sports betting and look, sports betting happened. was it because of the AGA. Uh, Not really. It was because of the Supreme court, but he helped set the stage for what we're going to see in the next few years, which is States regulating it. Um, Taxing it, and, and what they really did a great job, like setting the stage and educating people. So I think uh, you know he's he was taking a victory lap after the announcement, and well deserved. I think uh, we're we're in a brand new day, helped part partly in thanks to uh, what the AGA did.
0: Yeah, and, and Eric, you know, one of the things that we mentioned there about the tribal gaming thing, you know, he, the the tribes and basically the, you know, the big brands you're used to, the, the MGMs and Caesars and whatnot of the world, um, that was a, uh, you know, them at least sitting at the same table and actually talking and trying to work things out. That that seems to be a, a really big thing here that people don't realize if you if you just started following this that really wasn't happening even just a few years ago.
2: This is something that, yeah, it's going to be really important to sports betting uh, going forward. It's something that, you know, I think we're still trying to sort of get our heads wrapped around the the tribal issues uh, in play in different states. We see this in Connecticut, uh, Michigan, as well, with both online gambling and sports betting. Um, yeah, get used to hearing about tribal tribal interplay in states that are considering expanding into these forms of gambling. And yeah, we have Freeman to thank for uh, for, like you said, bringing at least bringing everyone to the to the table uh, to 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 talk.
0: Now looking here, um, an, an article that you wrote, Eric, uh, taking a look at the the big DFS sites out there uh, pulled in 220 million in entry fees in May, about 25 million in revenue. Now, you know, you look at those numbers and maybe that seems a little, uh, uh, you know, not doesn't blow your, your, your skirt up a little bit, but listen, the, they're up year over year. And we have entered into, uh, the, really the black hole of the sports calendar when it comes to things right now. So, I mean, again, you, you noted in the article there, Eric, that really what you have to do is just judge whether there's growth year over year.
2: Yeah. And fortunately for the two big operators, at least they're, they're seeing that growth, uh, both you know we complain or we hear a lot of complaints about rake increases and things like that both FanDuel and DraftKings are actually holding less of their handle than they did this time last year but uh both both are seeing revenue increases um you know you talk about the sports the sports black hole this time of year but golf is actually turning out to be quite a little profitable uh a format for both um five of DraftKings six most profitable contests the last two months running have both come in golf so they are uh they're doing just fine with PGA contests this time of year.
0: Yeah, and looking here, I mean, when you uh, when you look at this, Dustin, I mean, it, June typically just a an absolutely horrible month for uh, June and July typically a horrible month for for these guys. But you do have the U.S. Open, so you just mentioned golf, and then and, and then you know a, a big windfall, I assume, to them will will be the World Cup here. They're going to be running World Cup contests, obviously. And listen, I think people are going to play them, whether they really understand what they're playing or not, because they <laughs> just want to have something uh, to get going. They've had at least. At least they've had a little bit of NHL. They've had a little bit of NBA, but we have really entered that part right now where, uh, you know, it's nothing but baseball. I mean, you can consider WNBA, but there's just so, so few people that play WNBA. So I I think that whenever you look at these, I think these golf contests uh, are going to continue to really blow up here as people search for, you know, something else to get some skin in the game.
1: Yeah and we have single game World Cup showdown at DraftKings which which we're all excited for the game of skill the famous game of skill where you only pick players from two teams in soccer like i guess if you don't pick the the guys who score the goals you have zero chance of winning it'll be interesting to see and you know DraftKings right now uh like like they're doing they're still doing stuff on the DFS side but they're pretty focused on rolling out their sports book uh, trying to get live in New Jersey uh the, the online platforms can go live in July in New Jersey so you know I think I think DraftKings is like, oh, DFS is fine, but they really
2: see the future in, in sports betting.
0: Now Eric, you are a, a DFS player. Have you ever entered a soccer DFS contest?
2: I certainly have, knowing very little about <laughs> soccer or strategy for daily fantasy <laughs> soccer, of course. It's there. I'm going to play it. Of
0: course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, it's one of it's one of those things and I'm sure uh we will probably uh catch each other in some of these World uh, World Cup games, even though I really and truly couldn't tell you, other than scoring a goal, uh, how one would, would, would get points in, in soccer. So I'll, I'll do a crash course, I suppose, whenever we get going here. Now, if you follow any of us on Twitter, uh, lots of commentary has been going down here. Uh, Mike Francesa, if you guys don't know... Uh, one of the biggest sports, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess I guess we can call him an icon, really, in sports radio. I mean, he is one of the biggest names. Um, I consider him a blowhard. I was about to say blowhard, but I've already said it now, so now it's out. So whatever. One of the biggest sports sports radio blowhards there is. Um, out of New York City, had the infamous like ninety day retirement, and then was back on air. Um, came out. There's a quote that there's a, a little a little bit that he went on and it's making the rounds. It was a perfect little clip here. Now guys, I'm going to sell you on something ready uh, now, Dustin, Eric, you guys let me know how you feel about this. I'm going to sell you on something. So if I created a game for you th- that played into your football, baseball, or basketball expertise, d- does this sound like something that's interesting to you? I mean, would you be interested? Absolutely. In this? Absolutely. I think I'm so in far? so far. Okay. All right. And you could, let's say for 20 or $50 in total, have the chance to win big money. So I mean, so far so good, right? I mean we, I, I like big money. Big money's two hundred dollars. Yeah. So I mean this is this is good. This is good. Like and I think it creates something where the payout isn't like a dollar in a dream like the lottery, because we know the lottery, you know, dollar and dream stuff like that. So again, we're gonna create a contest here. Listen, it's it's on your expertise. It's twenty, fifty dollars maybe you can win big money. And it's not just a dollar and a dream like the lottery. Again, three things so far so good, yeah. Yeah, yes. That's okay. good. If you have a skill, I could create, you know, I could create 15 games in 15 minutes. And what's good about these games is that the bookmakers don't have the same games here. Let's say I create a game where you get to pick five players tonight in the major leagues. And if your five players, based on numeric totals, have better offensive numbers for the night than any other five players, you win, let's call it $50,000. Wait, wait, wait a minute. This... Uh, you're
1: a ge- you're a genius. What, I mean, wait a minute, what Mike's a Mike's a genius. Oh, well, wait
0: wait a minute. Like that's uh let's let's see here. So your your expertise in football, baseball, basketball, twenty fifty dollars could win big money. Isn't a dollar in a dream? You have skill. Create fifty million. Good about the bookmakers <laughs> don't have the same game. And then numeric totals five player. You can win fifty thousand. Sounds a lot mm-hmm. like DFS, doesn't it? Sounds like uh sounds a lot like daily fantasy sports. Those are all direct quotes from this thing. That uh, everything that I just said out loud was a direct quote from this two two minute eleven two minute and eleven second video of Mike Francesa, where basically he sat there and thought he had invented this grand new thing, which was DFS. That's been around for about a decade. He ended it with, "People will buy that. They'll play it like crazy, Eric." This is a guy that gets paid more money than the three of us times 10 combined every single year. And this guy is saying this stuff on air as if this was something absolutely new, could not be possibly more disconnected with what is actually going on in these industry and and is able to, is acting like he's talking about it from a point of knowledge. You, I, it sounds like
2: he's on to something to me. I don't know, but I'm, I'm all for this idea. It, uh, you know the the point of his of his sentiment is probably right. As we go on, we're going to see uh, more integration between what we think of as fantasy sports and what what he's sort of hinting at with these betting type games that are just fantasy sports. But obviously, this exists. This is what we know as DFS. It's a multi million dollar industry. This is something you and I and Dustin have been doing <laughs> for many years. Apparently, Mike is not in the game yet, but uh, but it's there if he wants to. I also would recommend to Mike that we. Bring the internet into this. It'd be easier to keep score and to keep track of stats yeah. if we if we conduct this over the internet, right? I think I
0: think just just do it on chalkboards. No 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 internet. Just chalkboards. He's gonna say, and you know what would really increase player participation if you could do this on your mobile phone, live. You could do this on your <laughs> mobile phone. This is a, like yeah, you you can also do that. Now, Dustin, one of the other takeaways from this, which was uh, pretty great. And again, guys, this is a uh, this is a direct quote. This is not us like speaking out in hyperbole here. Um, they being the bookmakers don't like coupled bets. They don't like you being able to win a lot for a little bit. So basically he sat there and implied that the sports books don't like people betting parlays. The sportsbook love people betting parlays. It is the thing that they make all the money off of because it's really hard to win. A str- it's hard to win one bet and it's very hard to win a string of bets. So they love it when you bet parlays. But this guy went off and said, guess what? They don't like it when you're able to make these bets. It is. It, it really is kind of laugh-out-loud funny. I listened to it five times in a row.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mike's been giving off awful takes for a long time, so it's not shocking that he has awful takes with gambling, too. But the fact, yeah, the idea that he's saying the exact opposite. Bookmakers, if you went in and, but, and stopped betting straight bets entirely and only bet parlays, they'd be, what, what's the, what's the total margin on that? I oh. mean, it's, it varies, but it's like, I mean, minimum 10, 15 percent, probably way better than that, like in most months in Nevada and on like you're just you're there. They would just be sw- absolutely swimming in money if you only bet parlays. Listen,
0: if you follow any of the big books on Twitter, there is a reason they advertise when a guy hits a 10 team parlay and wins like fifteen thousand dollars off of them. They love to advertise that because they want you to think that you can hit a 10 team parlay. You cannot hit a 10 team parlay. It's not going to happen like it is. That's why whenever you're sitting there, like, why would they be advertising losing? all this money because they've made it back 20x like uh, every, every single time this happens so it's the advertisement is there is there for a reason so yeah this is just a hilarious thing here if you have not seen it you could head to any of our twitters we have all retweeted and, and made our little comments on it and stuff like that so be sure and check it out it's only two minutes and 11 seconds long you can also see it embedded in an article on the lines.com now, I like I said, Eric is uh, very kind to join us on this podcast. He has been gallivanting all over the United States. He went to luxurious uh, tropical Delaware uh, for the first sports bet made uh, over there. He's in New Jersey. He's going to be uh, checking out that. But, you know, look, let's talk a little bit about Jersey first, because this is the big, big thing that's going on here. Monmouth Park taking the first legal bet in New Jersey. It'll be placed at 1030 in the morning by the time you are listening to this probably the bet will have been placed there uh, by governor phil murphy eric where are you where are you going to be what are you going to be taking in i am currently holed up at the lovely well i'm not going to tell you what hotel <laughs> your, fans <laughs> gonna, your fans are going to your fans are going to beat the door down so you can't yeah you can't do that like park i mean listen, and
2: yeah. uh sorry i think i cut out there but yeah just down the road from monmouth park and hotel headed over there tomorrow i um uh, I did drop by this afternoon to go look at the goings-on over there. The place is shut down, but I snuck my way in and gave a peek around. It looks good. They are um, they look ready to go. The boards are lit up. There's uh, signage up saying that they're accepting bets. Uh, their tellers are starting to get the feel of their windows. And uh, the floors are being polished. The curtains are being dusted. And everything looks, looks sharp over there.
1: How is Darren Ravel doing? So we want to know.
2: You know, I'm pretty sure he lied. I did not see him anywhere. <laughs> there, are, there are a few members of the media kicking around over there already set up, uh, you know, fiddling away with podcasts or, uh, or typing stuff up. But I, I didn't see Darren yet. He will be
0: helicoptered chicken. in in the morning, is why. Like he is going to be <laughs> helicoptered in and things like that. So don't don't worry about that. He will definitely be there. Um, okay, it is going to be placed by Governor Phil Murphy. I correctly guessed the first bet in Delaware. I'm. Eric, what what bet is is Governor Phil Murphy going to make here? I don't know. You want to set the line this time? I I, mean,
2: mean, I was right.
0: I mean, I you're got really I good. got to thinking, and, and I was looking around. I'm like, this could really be this could really there's be any, a ton of different any, bets here.
2: Any recon on Murphy yet? What do you know about him? I, I,
0: I mean, no real articles out there about his fandom or anything like that. I mean, uh, Dustin, what are we putting this at? Where is this bet going? I mean, you're you're plugged in. You have probably talked to this guy before. Like, what where, where, what, yeah. is, what what makes this guy's juices flow here?
1: Man, I, I have done no research on this. I feel like we should do some quick, uh, like, I don't know. Like, I feel like he, maybe he's, maybe he played to the people in North Jersey with the, with the embedded in the futures for the Yankees. Uh, okay. again, I, I feel like that might be a good bet or just on the game um, on, on Thursday night, if they have a game, I don't know if they do tomorrow, but um, yeah, I don't, I, I've done no research. So I, I'm not sure I'm adequately handicapped, but you did nail it in Delaware last week and that was impressive.
2: Can we, I'm also kind of upset about this. Can we talk about Ray Lesniak? The Senator is going to be here as well. He has posted on Twitter that he's going to bet on France with his first bet. <laughs> what? What is that? Is that even what? allowed? What on the what World says? Cup? Was
1: it, yeah, he's going to bet uh, yeah World Cup uh, a World Cup bet for the first bet. that's, I not, mean, that's, 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 that's they're not even from America. It's not even an American country. It's not a country.
0: Yeah, country is, outside. Yes, that's dumb. This is this that is made the, sense. But so, uh, you know,
1: it, it's so bad to not bet on something in the United States so for the U.S.
0: We have the Yankees and the Mets both in action tomorrow maybe he maybe he parlays the two maybe he maybe he makes a parlay bet with with the yankees and the mets and the sports books love it because it's going to be hard to win a parlay just like we talked about
1: yeah I mean, he's going to be in north jersey so i feel like not playing maybe not playing to the philly base i think i feel like maybe the the, the fans in new york were where, where he'd be going but yeah that's that's my gut re- gut
0: reaction So Borgata will take its first bet just 30 minutes later at 11 a.m. So again, by the time you're listening to this, they will have taken their first bet. Their bet will be placed by a, quote, surprise guest. Now, this is the real this is the real sleuth stuff here. Do you guys before you take the guess, do you have any inside information? Go ahead and confess now as to who this mystery guest is going to be.
1: I have no inside information. This has got to be Chris Christie, right? I mean, how, if it's not oh, him, I'd be, I thought I'd it be was shocked. Carrot Top. I thought it was going to be Carrot Top. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Christie makes a lot of sense. Most of the other uh, the senators and other big stakeholders will be up here at Monmouth Park. So he's the guy who we haven't talked about yet. seems like the likely candidate. Yeah, like, I would
0: I would put that at like minus 500, right? I mean, like who else would be a a special, a special guest to do this? I mean, it's got to be him, right? Can't yeah, imagine it not being.
1: Donald, Donald Trump? I don't know. Oh boy, be that a, would be amazing! That would be amazing. Be amazing if that
0: that if Borgata could pull that off, let me tell <laughs> you, like if they could pull that off, they would be they would be doing it. Um, Ocean Resort they partnered with Will Hill. Apparently, June twenty eighth is when they are scheduled to uh, take the first bet there. Guys, is that going to happen?
2: Sure, I don't see why not. Uh, I mean, they they don't have a game gaming license yet. Uh, that'll be the first thing they need to get approved <laughs> yeah. by by the DGE. But uh, assuming that happens, which seems likely. Um, it sounds like they're ready to go. They're you know, they're uh renovating as we speak, so kind of building the sports book into their new footprint um as they go.
1: And they have this weird if you've seen it on Twitter or wherever else, they have this like weird oval shaped sports book in the middle of the casino floor. So I'm curious how that's gonna work.
0: <laughs> the, the resorts casino has partnered with DraftKings. Um there is no uh timeline for that, Dustin, right? I mean we're we're basically still sitting here just kind of wondering how this whole DraftKings thing is gonna play out.
1: Yeah, I mean, they could open a physical book with DraftKings branding theoretically in short order, but we don't know like who's going to do risk management, how it's going to work exactly. The like I said earlier in the podcast, we're talking uh, mid July till online can go. So yeah, we're still DraftKings sent out a press release like as soon as New Jersey passed the law, saying hey, we applied for a casino license, uh, gaming license in New Jersey, and I mean everybody was doing that when that happened. But um, yeah, so DraftKings obviously still hot. Putting pedal to the metal,
2: but we don't know exactly how it's going to work uh, at resorts. I had a hawk eye out for DraftKings Sportsbooks billboards on my way down here, and I didn't spot one. So nope. they would do well to they do well to put one up here in Oceanport, though. It'd make a lot of sense to <laughs> to be littering the the neighboring uh, towns with with their billboards
0: in short order, my friend. They're going to raise yes. they're going to raise some money, and it's going to just it's going to burn a hole in their pocket. It's going straight to advertising. You know that it is. Um, some of the if you go to New Jersey and you gamble, you're going to be wondering about the Hard Rock, the Tropicana, and those Caesars properties that's bally's caesars and harrah's guys do we have any info on any of these places as to what their plans may be
1: uh i don't know if i have any intel on any of them i mean caesars obviously does sports betting in nevada already they have a mobile app there like we just they've just been on radio silence so not not quite sure what they're doing uh, Trop has been the same way. Hard Rock, uh, there's been some chatter about this. The they have the stadium deal in Florida with the NFL, and there's some chatter that that may stop them from doing anything. I guess I don't see them not doing sports betting because of that. If they, if unless it's absolutely undoable, but I mean these places are going to have sports betting. It's just a matter of the how and the when.
0: All right, Eric. You were in Delaware for the first bet that was ever placed. Uh, you got some nice photos. So I retweeted all the stuff that you had going on there. I'm sure it will be the same in New Jersey. But just tell us a little bit about being there. I know um, at first people were trying to put off the impression that they you know, it wasn't super busy, and, and you know, trying to say like, oh, look at this, it's a flop or whatever. But then we get the numbers back, and the numbers were actually good um, with everything. So just give us the, the lay of the land when you were there. Yeah,
2: everything looked just fine to me. Uh, there certainly wasn't the there certainly wasn't a standing room only crowd in the book all day, but there were plenty of people in and out of there. Uh, everyone seemed to be smiling. A lot of new betters, which uh, kind of surprised me. A lot of first timers and people asking questions of the staff and of of the media there. So I thought that was interesting. Uh, yeah, it was it was a it was exciting a feeling of sort of accomplishment in the room among uh, the governor and uh, of course Dennis McGlynn, the sports book director there, who's been. Who's been really vocal uh, during this process? Uh, a, lot, a lot of pats on the back from everyone, and they they still have a ways to go. There's some things they need to sort out. We don't have uh, mobile betting yet. There's no way to cash tickets after the windows close at 10 p.m. Things like that. But um, I you know it's hard to argue with the start they're off to. Thing they made three hundred twenty-two thousand.
0: So, Dustin, taking a look here um, at uh, at New Jersey, um, he brings up a good point here with mobile. So, let's talk mobile while we're at it. Um, what is the what is the status with mobile? Will people be able to do this? How soon will people be able to do this? Um, what what is what's going on there?
1: Yeah, New Jersey you can't uh, tomorrow when the bets when the first bets are taken. It's only going to be at the the land-based facilities, not online. But the law says 30 days after it was enacted. It was enacted Monday, so working forward, we're talking middle of the second week of of uh, July if everything goes according to plan. Now there still needs to be you know regulations written. The uh, uh, Department of Gaming Enforcement needs to get involved, but uh, they've been preparing for this. It's not like they're uh, this is a, a surprise for them. They've been getting ready for mobile betting. New Jersey already has online casinos and poker. So they know how to deal with with mobile with mobile gaming. So you're going to be able to do it. And we already have some of the partnerships. We know that Betfair partnered with uh, with the Meadowlands Racetrack. Uh, they're going to have will be online betting there. You'll probably you'll see hope, you'll see DraftKings whenever they actually have a sports betting app. You'll you'll probably be able to play on there. And then uh, you know we're going to see William Hill going to be is in the state. You're going to see a lot of the stuff we've seen in Europe. Some of the stuff we've seen in Nevada or a hybrid of them. Um, and people will be able to bet online in pretty short order in New Jersey. Other states, a little bit murkier. Uh, Mississippi, no, no mobile betting there yet. Pennsylvania will once they go live. Um, so yeah, we're we're still in a waiting game. But a lot of the betting you're going to be able to do eventually in the United States will be online and mobile.
0: Yeah, Borgata is an MGM property. MGM has a sports betting app already here. Uh, in Nevada, you got William Hill, same deal, already has one that's up and active. So a, a lot of these already, Caesars as well has, uh, has one up and active. So there are, there are already working products of these, so it really just will be kind of uh, getting it going within the state. But there's really no kind of trial and error thing going on here because these things have already been up and running for, for a long time now. So, uh, yeah, going to be very interesting to see how all of this plays out, especially how things end up with uh, DraftKings and how they're going to go about the whole mobile thing. Now, we do the State Watch each and every week here. Um, this is where you get to wonder about either your state or the neighboring states as to what's going on here. Doesn't some big news, big news out of Michigan.
1: Yeah, Michigan last night, uh, as they're wrapping up their budget process, passed a bill legalizing online gambling and sports betting piggybacking on that. Um, long way to go. It's been in the House for, that bill has been in the House for like a year, I believe. Uh, we've not really seen any action in the Senate on this. So um, what I'm hearing is it'll they'll come back in the fall, perhaps consider this after uh, November elections, and might see progress. So uh, Michigan suddenly, uh, after all, like months and months of no progress on this issue, all of a sudden out of the blue. Passes a bill uh, in the house And we could be, you know, 2019 Michigan's going to be a hot state to watch on this front
0: Eric, your home state, New York We got about a week left, so what's going on there?
2: Oh, time is tight here uh, Good news in New York The the two bills we're watching, one in either chamber uh, Come from the gaming chairs It's Pretlow and Bonacic or I'm not exactly Bonacic. sure how to pre- Bonacic, yes. Bonacic. Uh, And those bills now match Which is an important step to sort of expedite this process If we're going to get it done Uh, Before adjournment in a week, then we have to move quick and getting these bills to read the same is a good step in that direction. So they are both um, they are both ready to go uh, if 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 they can move here in the next week.
1: But yeah, New York complicated place to to, to take the temperature on. They uh, we know DFS two thousand sixteen. They passed it at the absolute eleventh hour. Almost it was after midnight East Coast time. So uh, things can go to the last minute, and it's hard to tell what's going on. But yeah, there's at least a chance they pass something in the next week.
0: And would be a huge, huge win. I would assume for for everyone involved because uh, New York, obviously. Hugely populous state, so it could be a big, big win there. Dustin, let's run through just kind of quickly there. I know there's some news and nuggets about uh, Rhode Island, Mississippi, and California. Uh, Why don't you give us the skinny on those three? Sure. Rhode
1: Island, uh, sports betting is part of a budget bill there. It's up for a vote in the House on Friday. So Rhode Island could be moving forward pretty quickly, and they won't have online betting right away either. It'll only be at their, their physical casinos. Uh, Mississippi, report uh, we had a report at LSR this week where uh, tribes there have, under the existing law, can just uh, go ahead and say, hey, we're going to offer sports betting. So uh, two tribal casinos there are uh, going to have sports betting probably sometime this summer. Uh, California, big state where you know, we talked About earlier in the early days of the podcast, where it's very unlikely that they're going to pass a bill. Uh, I think the the odds were if San Diego is swallowed up by an earthquake, yes, that was was it. California sports betting bill. So if somebody's trying to take this in their own hands. They're doing a, a ballot initiative where you collect signatures and just try to get it on the ballot. Um, how, how likely that is? Uh, you're going to need a lot of lot of signatures, and it probably wouldn't be till 2020 that they do that. So, so who knows there? But California, obviously, a huge state for sports betting. If they could start moving forward, that would be a big thing for the sports betting industry in the U.S.
0: So uh, keep your keep your eyes open there, people of San Diego, because uh, you may be you may be being swallowed up by an earthquake or a sinkhole or whatever. Uh, that exact quote was um, Congress is looking at passing a you know is looking at sports betting hearing here now we saw this kind of happen and play out with with DFS uh, Dustin you know listen this is you and I both are, are kind of wave you know shake our heads at this I mean this is just so completely absurd but it's something we need to bring up because we like to keep in people formed here so Congress looking at sports betting what do you know about it
1: Uh, We know there's at least three different committees or subcommittees in Congress looking at – Doing a hearing on sports betting, not actually considering legislation, but is considering the topic, uh, a subcommittee in the House Judiciary I think is the most likely. Uh, so I we don't think we're going to see legislation by then. I think we're we're still we're uh, I mean Orrin Hatch, the senator from Utah, said he was going to introduce legislation uh, pretty soon after the Supreme Court decision. We haven't seen that. I don't think we're going to see it anytime soon, but could be surprised. So we're looking at the end of uh, June for that. And uh, yeah, we saw a, a DFS hearing in 2016, which was by by my account. Uh, pretty much a debacle and uh, resulted in nothing of of any use to anyone. It was just a bunch of uninformed uh, uh, congresspeople saying dumb things about fantasy sports. So uh, I'm not optimistic on what we might hear on sports betting.
0: So, guys, again, I mean, we, we beat you over the head with this each and every week, but please go to thelines.com, go to onlinepokerreport.com, go to legalsportsreport.com, and you can get the, the full rundown of all these articles. We're basically just hitting on the highlights here, but if you're interested in the nuts and bolts of everything, you can obviously head there. And, and actually, even Play and J, we're putting up uh, a good amount of content on Play and J about all the happenings there uh, as well. So these are all things that you were able to uh, go and check out and really, really get the, the ins and outs of all the stuff that's going on there um eric so listen mlb came out and uh basically this is one of the things that kind of makes me chuckle here where mlb came out and said that the nevada regulations basically that they're dumb it says it makes no sense that nevada's regulations should be implemented elsewhere uh this is from brian seeley he is a former federal public corruption prosecutor who heads Major League Baseball's investigations. He said in an interview, we should adopt regulations that fit 2018. Now, when he says something like that and leaves kind of like an open-ended statement of regulations that fit 2018, is there anything that really stands out to you in Nevada that is really, really just dragging behind the times?
2: No, this is sort of what I'm trying to figure out. We've heard this um, from the leagues on more than one occasion, from NBA as well, that that we shouldn't look to Nevada as the gold standard. Meanwhile, we have state lawmakers uh, sort of trying to model legislation off it and even citing it as the gold standard. So a little bit of contradiction there. Um, interestingly, in a, I had a conversation with uh, some NBA representatives that talked about concerns over, over the the fact that Nevada is a, a one state market and essentially uh, it's isolated from other states. And you know they're 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 right that that won't be the case in the East Coast. Uh, you will be able to bet in Pennsylvania and bet in New York in the same day. So that's one concern they highlight. Uh, whether or not that's a valid concern or something we need to be worried about is uh, up for discussion or, you know, what what can be done about it. Uh, but I know that's the position they take, that the, the Nevada certainly does, it doesn't resemble what the U.S. market is going to look like in the future.
0: Now, Dustin, you wrote an article about this um, where you did at least point out uh one thing and it's not necessarily it's it's that they're lacking you know and they're dragging really but some it doesn't mean that they can't be improved right
1: yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I think it's ridiculous to assert that Nevada is doing a bad job. I mean, we, if there's any any uh, sports betting scandals that have emanated from betting on it in Nevada, we don't know about them. So as I don't know if the MLB is implying that's the case or not, or if they or if it's saying we just don't know about them. But yeah, there's uh, you know Nevada. It's not easy to bet um, to start start or fund accounts via a mobile account. Once you start it, it's not that bad, but it's not terribly user friendly. It's like in New Jersey, you're going to be able to just do it from your phone or from your home. You have to actually go to the casino in Nevada which is, I think, kind of outdated. That could be updated for sure. And there's, like, um, you know, leagues and and Nevada regulars are probably not... On, on radio silence But so there's But they They do probably communicate But could there be More open lines communication Absolutely I don't think there's any uh, Does that need to be codified in law I don't know But um, there's definitely room For leagues And sports betting operators to, to work in concert That's how it works in Europe And it, it's probably Going to happen more More often in the US So um, But I don't think uh, I don't think it's like The is just Ignoring everything That the leagues want Or would ignore If they have some kind of Question or concern
0: Yeah I mean Living here And uh, you utilizing kind of the mobile sports betting stuff the way that I do. I mean, I live a good, uh, you know, half an hour from the strip. So, I mean, it would severely kind of cut into, I do have a casino, a home casino, Red Rock, that is uh, right here by my house. But, um, you know, it would definitely s- cut into my sports betting Um, if I didn't have the mobile, you know, access that I do have, but you're right. I mean, signing up, you do, you have to go. It's a, it's a process. You fill out paperwork. They take your ID. They make sure that, you know, verify that you're 21, uh, the whole nine yards they're plugging in your, your account number from their players cards and different things like that. And Um, so it, it is, it takes you, you know, I mean, it's going to take you a trip to a casino and it's going to take you about a half an hour to get everything done and up and going. Uh, once you do that, it is fine. Um, and even, you know, they've got ways to, to fund your account now to where you don't have to go and and actually physically go back to the casino should you go busto. I wouldn't know. I never go busto. So I don't really know. how to, <laughs> I don't I don't wow. really know how that only all you works only, out.
1: You only, you only withdraw, right? Yeah. I mean,
0: I don't really know how the how the funding goes because I've only <laughs> done that one time before. So I don't know how the, the refunding goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, from the stories I hear, it's pretty seamless as far as uh, getting money back on your account and things like that. But yeah, there are things that I certainly believe that uh, you know, with verification and know your customer and all the stuff that's going on now, I don't know if you necessarily have to go and you know give them a, a sample of blood' and, your, and a list of fears or something like that to be able to get your account like up and going. I think that you can probably uh, do that from the, the comfort of your own home and then be pretty damn sure as to as to who you are.
1: Absolutely. And yeah, I don't think that's what MLB was complaining about either. They're complaining about other things they want, integrity fees or royalties, uh, use of official data, quote unquote, uh, and the other things that they want. They're not talking about what we're talking about. Uh, We're talking about things that I think should be updated. They're talking about totally different things that they want to see updated in Nevada and elsewhere.
0: So a couple of things before we get out of here, there is a story on legal sports report you can go over. And there was a poll and said the expansion of legal U.S. sports betting will draw in younger bettors. And listen, I think this is one of those things where you kind of like it just comes with the time, right? I mean, when we look at how betting is going to be successful in this country and how it's going to be rolled out, Um, we we always lean to mobile, right, or or online or however it comes about. Um, and, And these younger people are, you know, more familiar with how to do things online or on a phone through an app, how to get things done, you know, as far as funding things. I mean, these, you know, I don't know how many millions of people use Venmo and this, that and the other as far as sending money and stuff. So it's like not it's not abnormal to put money or, or receive money or do things over a, a mobile app and things like that. So, you know, with with the expansion saying that it's going to draw younger betters. to me, um, my take is that it's just, you know, the way, of the, the way of the world, right? I mean, younger people are just more familiar. They understand it better. They get it. They're, it's not foreign to them. Um, but let's start with you, Eric. What say you?
2: Yeah. Younger people, uh, you know, I think of fantasy sports as well. Uh, younger people tend to be more engaged with fantasy sports. It's something that, People slightly younger than me have basically grown up uh, playing fantasy sports on their phone. Uh, so that sort of makes for a natural transition for a lot of folks to, uh, to sports betting. And yeah, if we look at some of the, um, the other markets around the world, depending on the betting handle, uh, it's, it's definitely the way that uh, people of my generation and younger are engaging with sports, uh, whether it be uh, information or, or speculation.
0: And Dustin, like this isn't one of those things where where we look at this as, as necessarily a, a, a bad thing, right? I mean, this is just kind of the results that come from this poll. Was this anything that was trying to like put up a red flag or anything?
1: No, absolutely. I think, but I think that's what what goes at hand in hand. I mean, sports are looking for engagement and younger demographics, and I think that's what and betting is going to help provide that, uh, especially legal regulated betting, where it's where it's uh, it's it's going to be in front of people more so maybe than an offshore. And yeah, I don't think I don't think it's any kind of red flag. It's just that yeah, people are people are going to have it in front of them. It's going to be promoted more, and people are going to be interested because it's a legal market. So I think there's something interesting there.
2: It's not even operators. When I was in Delaware, uh. A Representative from the tourism department spoke, and that's one of the things she talked about was attracting a younger crowd of tourists to her state. So it's not just the operators looking to uh, to tempt uh, you know people my age and younger. It's it's states and tourism industries and things like that as well. So, yeah, and if
1: you look at it as, a, as look at it as a, as an entertainment product, I mean, we're not pushing like I think we we had this conversation, but with some other people in our network too. Like not, gaming isn't a, a way to get rich, right? It's right. it's something to be. It's something. It's a way to have. Have fun and entertainment. That's what DFS has said. That's what gaming is. You're not, if you're if you're betting on sports to try to get rich, you're doing it wrong. Uh, if you're doing it to, you know, have some more interest in a game, you definitely should do that.
0: Right. If you go to the, this is the thing, and, and like, you know, there are a lot of people, and I don't think people uh, really realize, I mean, the, the vast majority of people, and we're talking like 95% or more of people are, you know, quote unquote, low rollers are the guys that are playing micro stakes. They're the people that are betting, you know, $5 and $10 on a game and things like that. It's not people who, you know, that you read about that are betting tens of thousands of dollars and things like that. Those are very, very, very few. And far between so when you look at this it is one of the things that you could do on an evening that if you're going to a baseball game for the for cheaper than the cost of a beer that you're going to buy when you're there you can have a little bit of added entertainment while you're actually at the game i mean you can bet five dollars on the game you can bet ten dollars on the game and you know i mean as we all know uh, you know, beers costing you like 12 bucks these days whenever you go to one of these games. So, I mean, listen, it's just a way to to add to some things. Or if you're just staying home for the evening, it's cheaper than going to the movies or anything like that. You know, I mean, no one gives people shit whenever they go to the movies and spend fifty dollars uh, on a family or something like that. But if you bet twenty dollars, you're like, oh, my God, you bet twenty dollars on a game or something. I mean, it's just it's another form of entertainment. And it's and, and, and you know, if you look at it that way and treat it that way. Um, then it can be a, a really fun endeavor as long as you don't do, you know, get out of your lane essentially when it all comes down to it.
1: Except you're, you're making lots of money playing blast sit and goes at WSOP. You're,
0: playing, yes. you're paying high, <laughs> playing
1: high stakes, aren't you?
0: Yes. I mean, obviously, I mean, these are, these are, these are, I'm only playing at the highest stakes of blast sit and goes on, uh, on WSOP.com. That's a free plug. You, you guys, if you want to WSOP, if you want to sponsor this podcast, let us know. Um, so uh, before we get off this topic, one of the things about the, you know, younger demographic and younger players, that is one of the big focuses, uh, you know, here in Vegas. Um, if you take a look around, What we have now is basically five diamond restaurants at every single casino. You've got these elaborate shows at every single casino. You've got these different things going on, and it's because – you know, what they found is that younger people, and, and maybe this is just with more information to be found, uh, you know, you don't want to feel like you you have no chance to win or whatever it may be, but, you know, they're less inclined to play slot machines. They're less inclined to do what we consider to be just the tr- the, the traditional forms of gambling, and they lean more towards, you know, things that they at least feel like they have some sort of uh, way to win and some sort of skill, some sort of edge. I mean, blackjack is is by far the most popular amongst the, amongst the uh, pit games. For, for younger people, it's such a small house edge. And if you play, um, you know, by the book, you have a, a, a decent chance of leaving with a little bit of a little bit of profit in any given session. And, uh, you know, I think sports betting is, is falls in that as well. Right. I mean, we're looking at these younger people who are a little bit more conscious about, you know, the odds that the casino has or different things that are going on. And, and with sports betting, they, they feel like at least that they have. Uh, somewhat of a control over the money that they are, you know, quote unquote, investing into their sports bet. And I I think that makes it a little bit more enjoyable as well.
1: Yeah, totally agree. It's just like DFS. You feel like you have some control over the outcome. You're, you're have, you're, you're going to have, you know, there's, debatably more fun doing it because you're 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 th- you're thinking about it and you're saying oh i like this team because of x and yeah you have, if you have some kind of control you f- whether you actually have control or not i mean obviously there's a lot of people betting on sports who think they have an edge and absolutely don't but um yeah definitely part of the part of the calculus
0: and and, and eric there's always someone to blame which is the great thing because if you win you're the genius and if you lose it's like that damn pitcher couldn't throw a strike for this to save his life so, i mean like there's there's always, you're never wrong whenever you sports bet it's amazing <laughs>
2: This is why betting on sports is so great. You always have someone to blame other than yourself. Yeah, yeah it's,
0: it's great. And when you win, you're obviously the genius. So, I mean, this is this is how this plays out. All right, let's close this thing out here with a very interesting article, Dustin, that you wrote. And um, I think it is something that's worth bringing up and talking about and, and really kind of at least talking the points here. So it came out um, after the NBA Finals were over that uh, LeBron James in game one. Uh, apparently punched a locker and um when he punched a locker uh injured his hand um people came out after the fact and said that you know he gutted through it didn't want any people to, didn't want people to know yada 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 but in a landscape where there is sports betting and when there is you know money involved on the outcomes of games and and how well a, a especially a superstar like lebron james plays It does add at least a very minimal question mark as to how injuries need to be, uh, how transparent it needs to be, what the reporting should be, how the league should go about this. Should there be fines for teams that skirt this, you know, how you basically go about all this and, and, you know, Dustin, what was your take essentially on, on the entire situation?
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not saying there's any kind of conspiracy about Le- Le- LeBron. This is
0: a totally normal situation in sports, right?
1: Care player gets hurt, can hide it, and does it does so because because it's within it's in there if they, if it's not like if he's not wearing a cast why would you want to tell other people that he's getting hurt but in a world where you know the NBA and Major League Baseball are telling us they need to be really involved with how sports betting goes down in the United States that you can't do it without them there needs to be a back and forth of information with books so there's this in my in the back of my mind it's like okay you want transparency from sports betting operators and casinos you ha- it has to go the other way absolutely on on things like injury reporting you can't have the world's best player hurt in a game and it's not reported because there, like, who knows? There, there could be people who have this information and are betting on it, and it's not known to the general public. The NBA did not obviously um, demand that it has to be. Uh that had to be reported. And so there's this uh, – I think I just have this problem where there's there needs to be this transparency, according to the NBA and MLB, but there, there might not be the transparency back. So we need – I think – and injury reporting is a, has been ripe grounds for uh, shenanigans for a long time, right? In NFL, you see the – I mean the Patriots uh, the Patriots injury report every week is, a, is everybody's probable or, or whatever right. they, whatever Belichick does. So I, th- I just think there's questions that have to be resolved for all sports. If they're going to be really involved, how are we handling injury Reporting when, when we're involved in a legal sports betting market,
0: yeah, Eric. Like you know, you you and I uh, playing DFS. I'm sure we've you know uh, said a curse word or two with some of the things that how the injuries uh, you know are reported and how that all comes out. I mean, the biggest the biggest one is is NBA. I mean, you are talking. Um, lineups don't come out really and truly until right before tip-off. It is very, very difficult to understand the landscape and how things are going. Uh, Baseball, lineups are typically out, you know, several hours in advance. I mean, on the rare occasion, um, lineups kind of get delayed, this, that, and the other. But most of the time, you kind of know what you're dealing with when you get into baseball. Uh, One of the interesting things, Eric, that, you know, got me to thinking when I read uh, Dustin's article was the fact that, you know, sometimes in these golf tournaments, guys will basically tee it up just to see if they can go um they they know that there's a pretty decent chance that they're going to withdraw but it's one of those things where hey as long as i tee it up and play a couple holes i still you know some of these guys get get paid to just show up you know and and sponsors at least want you to 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 be seen because you know they're paying you all this money and stuff like that so there's incentive for them to at least go out and and tee it up and then, you know, two holes in, they say, ah, yeah, my back is actually, you know, messed up here. Oh, yeah, my rib is is messed up here or something like that. And so, you know, even golf, there are ramifications for, you know, in a world where there's widespread betting. Yeah, and I don't have a good answer
2: for what to do about that, how to combat it, but I can tell you that I don't think that the PGA Tour collecting an integrity fee would help that sort of reporting. Uh, we are going to have to certainly look at the way that Things like injuries and uh, disciplinary procedures are reporting. There's a lot of you know gray area with the way punishments are handed out in sports leagues. Uh, things like that. There's going to have to be a lot more transparency. Look, if the leagues want us to share our data with them, they're going to have to do a better job of of making uh, uh, making their data data clearer to fans and, and betters as well.
0: Yeah, and, and you know from a from a golf situation, I mean, these are things where most of these guys know that there that there's a chance that they're going to withdraw. I mean even just saying, "Hey, there's a chance that I might withdraw. I'm going to give it a go, but there's a chance I might withdraw." Even just putting that out there, I mean, saying a, a questionable tag up on the board. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like something like that. I mean, at least at least makes a, you know, better beware essentially, right? I mean, I, like that type of situation uh going on. I mean, Dustin you mentioned the NFL. I mean, them removing one of the injury designations Um, certainly doesn't help, right? I mean, there was, there, there were four, there's only three and, and, you know, kind of getting rid of one of those ones that, uh, that, you know, doubtful was one of them as opposed to, uh, now where it's just questionable. And like you said, everybody's questionable. I mean, no one, if, if you're not listed as out, you're questionable. So you're not doubtful anymore, which is uh, one of those things where I don't understand the, the logic in removing that. I mean, there is a, I understand that if, if a person's Doubtful, they're likely to be out anyway. But I mean, there's there were chances where where guys were reported to be, you know, on the bad side of questionable, and they ended up playing and things like that. I mean, I think that these leagues, like you said, if there's going to be uh, all this all this handout stuff from them, saying like, hey, give us ours, give us ours, give us ours, there needs to be some reciprocation.
1: Yeah, and, you know, injury reports are a betting product. This is not, I mean, there are obviously other reasons for them to exist, but they are, like, central to how how betting goes down in the United States. So you, like... I just, uh, I, if it was just going on, leagues kind of let sports betting exist. I don't think there would be a huge onus on them to do things. But the way they're acting, at least NBA, Major League Baseball, and PGA Tour, who are who are lobbying for sports betting regulation and what they're saying, I think I just think they have th- those three groups in particular have to deal with this in a way that's transparent and actually helps the bet- helps uh, the betting industry moving forward.
0: And and guys, in life, aren't we all questionable? I mean, aren't we all just questionable anyway? I mean, seriously. I mean, I'm
1: questionable to wake up most
0: mornings.
2: I used to be be doubtful, but I don't use that tag. anymore. Yeah, you can't.
0: You can't use that tag anymore. So, I mean, aren't we all just questionable roaming through this crazy thing we call life? Um, Guys, this has been fun. Uh, We're hitting this. I mean, we're really good at hitting this 45-minute mark. We've gotten this down. Pat here. Guys, I hope you had a good time listening here. Now, Eric, you're new to the podcast. Tell people where they can follow you on the social media machine so they can get all of your great photography and takes i am eric underscore ramsey
2: eric ramsey on twitter
0: and of course at dustin galker at matt brown m2 and then of course follow all of our myriad of sites all of our normal sites all of our sister sites all of our brother sites all of our niece and nephew sites all the things like that and be sure so you can get all the articles as they hit the twitter machine guys thanks for being here we'll be back next week